Thanks for tuning in to After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel, along with streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please be sure to search for America Out Loud. In addition to that, we're available on AmericaOutloud.news, which has thousands of podcasts and articles updated daily and we always appreciate it when you share on social media we face the same social media censorship that many of you do so we appreciate it when you share on social media really excited for the show tonight we've got back on kathy barnett uh last time we had her on she was running for senate there in pennsylvania against dr oz of course we all know what ended up happening in pennsylvania a lot of us are still confused how that ended up happening and how we ended up getting stuck with <laughs> John Fetterman. But that's another uh, conversation for another day. Today, she is here to talk about her latest article in Newsweek. Dear Black People, stop shooting the messenger for simply holding up a mirror. So we can't wait to hear from her on that. But before we get to Kathy, how are you doing tonight, Rob? Andrew, I'm doing great. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, our topic or what we're going to discuss today very, I hold it very dear to me because we've been talking about this on After Dark with Robin Andrew for some time. And when I saw this article, it popped up. I thought, wow, this is exactly what we're saying. Stop shooting the messenger. Personal responsibility. It's time to wake up. And as one of our guests said on our show, it's time to cancel the race card and all of the benefits I am so sick and tired of it, and in my opinion, whenever it is played, you are reducing Black people. You're saying that they can't perform at the level like everyone else. You're saying that we have to set aside special rules. we got to do all these special things because they can't do it, and to me, that's racism. But the article that Kathy wrote, Stop Shooting the Messenger, powerful, and I would encourage you all to go and read it. When the podcast goes up, we will have a link to the article. We should also mention that Kathy is an advisor to a presidential candidate, Vivek Swarswami. I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. And <laughs> something else that you mentioned, Andrew, is that Kathy was also running for the Senate. Maybe had she gotten it, we wouldn't be where we are right now with John Fetterman, whereby we were trying to lower the standards for another identity politics just to fit him. But as you said, that's a story for a different day. I want to bring Kathy on right now that she, so that she could talk to us about this article that she wrote and to tell us what was the genesis behind it. Why did she decide to write it? Kathy, how are you tonight? Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you both for having me. Um, why did I write the article? Um, because like you and like many others, um, you know, we're watching what is happening in the Black community. I don't know if you guys watched all the rioting and looting that took place in Philadelphia just about a week ago. And yep. as soon as it comes out, um, you, immediately you see all the all the poverty pimps, all the race hustlers running out saying, you can't say anything about these children who are out here looting and arming people. It's racist if you do. Or when we see, or when we talk about a variety of issues, um, you know, it, it's, I don't know, it's, it, it, you know, as a Black woman, 
married to a Black man, raising Black babies. It's very personal for me. I recognize that my children are going to inherit the Black community. And right now, it is in complete disarray. And every opportunity to, to speak truth, to wake our people up, because there are a lot of our people who are awake, who do recognize that we have some real issues. But when you begin to talk about those issues and try to bring solutions to those issues, like I said, the race hustlers and poverty pimps all run out and they shut it all down and then they rock the Black community back to sleep. Don't worry about it. It's not your fault. All is well. We're going to take care of it. And as a result, we look crazy out here on the world stage. Nobody takes us seriously. You have people who fresh off the boat from other countries coming here, looking down on the Black community, getting real benefits, tangible benefits that we are not getting, uh, who are able to come here, create businesses, send their kids, focus on education, send their kids to school, keep an intact family, an intact community. You look at, you know, one government, one government um, metric after another, Black folks are always at the bottom of that metric, unless, of course, it's something that is filled with debauchery, then somehow we're at the top of those lists. But if you look at, you know, the the wealth or um, the income or, you know, education levels, you see Asians, <laughs> Americans at the top, typically, you see them, you see other people doing very well, and you always see us on those positive metrics at the bottom. And then you say to yourself, well, why is that? And of course, the fallback is racism. And, you know, and I have, and being someone who is very well read and I'm observant and I, you know, operated, I, you know, worked in a variety of different fields. Racism, does it exist? Absolutely. And um, does it present itself as an obstacle? Absolutely. And I have faced it. Um, I don't know if what I faced last year in 2022 was racism or just elitism or just the fact that they didn't want somebody like me and they had their own pick. I have no idea, but I faced it. I've seen it. It is ugly. It is irritating. It does present itself as an obstacle. I can't stand it. It is, you know, and, and all of these other adjectives. But at the same time, I have nobody is breeding me as a business strategy. No one is breeding me as a business strategy and selling my children off to the highest bidder. No one is telling me to get to the back of the bus. No one is telling me to guess the number of jelly beans in a jar before I can vote. That is real racism, right? And our people suffered those things and they suffered it in the hope. I was reading this book and it talked about, you know, and with the recordings of, of former slaves and they were talking about why they held on. It wasn't so much for themselves, but for the future generation. I am that future generation. And I believe, as I tell my children, we have an obligation to live well in this country and not allow ourselves 
to be demeaned or for somebody to come and stamp on our DNA, the label victimhood, and that's all we could ever be, but to do well. And so all of those things and thoughts went into this article as once again, they, you know, you have someone like Vivek Ramaswamy comes in, holds up a mirror, not just to the Black community, but to the American community, to the rhinos and to the Democrats and others. He's holding up mirrors all over the place. But when he gets to Black people, all of a sudden, race hustlers and poverty pimps run out and say, he's a racist. We got to silence him. And we know that tool can be an effective tool. And so I wanted to talk about it. Right. Very effective. And like you said, whenever the truth is brought out, someone has to rush out and say, he's he's a racist. So I was looking at the article and you said, our problems are visible for all to see. We must ask ourselves why too many of our precious babies are being raised in neighborhoods controlled by gangs, littered with drugs, paraphernalia, and saturated with putrid scent of sweat and urine. Then you say, the blame can be attributed to various factors, including administrators, politicians, unions, and power brokers, all groups that take the black vote for adva- take advantage of it. And as you said, we go in monolithically and vote for the Democrat Party. When I look at the past 50 plus years of us giving our votes to the Democrat Party, have we moved the needle at all? Why is it? Every anniversary of the March on Washington, we're still singing, we shall overcome, and we need to get here, we need to move to there, whereas other groups, as you mentioned, they will come here, they will succeed, and they will go to the top. We're always at the bottom. And Kathy, I would dare say, there are Africans who come here to America, educated, and surpass Black Americans. We're doing something wrong, and we need to reject the power brokers. We need to reject these liberal white people who constantly see that they're the saviors for black people. We need to reject the bougie black people and say, this is enough. We've had it. It is time for us to, to cart out a different path. As Maya Angelou used to say, and walk down it because the path that we've been walking down for the past 50 years has gotten us nowhere. Look at Chicago. They voted for another black man, and now they're complaining, oh, you're letting in all these immigrants. Well, what did you think was going to happen when you put him in? You kicked out Lori Lightfoot, and you just got in another knucklehead. Look at New York City. Eric Adams. In my opinion, he's a diversity hire. He has done nothing but the black community, and now he's out gallivanting in South America doing nothing for us. When will we wake up and smell the political coffee, Kathy? What do you say? You know what? When will we wake up? I don't know. I mean, and and, and this isn't just to black people. It's to, you know, again, it's to the Republican Party even. It's to the conservative base, um, you know, I mean, I would have thought these past three years was enough for all Americans to wake up and and realize something has gone fundamentally wrong. We need to take a hard pivot to the right, right? And right now, you know, in the House in Washington, D.C., you see Kevin McCarthy's been ousted, and I'm watching these Republicans 
um, just run around wetting themselves. Like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, the Democrats are all united and we look like we're in chaos. Yes, Democrats are united and, and, and children being transitioned, little girls' breasts being removed, little boys being chemically castrated. Yes, Democrats are um, in unison when it comes to open borders and fentanyl flooding our streets and killing our children. That is nothing to be proud of. We have an opportunity. A little chaos can be good sometimes. And I say that even within the Black community, right? Like there is a tremendous amount of unity in the Black community to vote for Democrats, but that's not good. And hence the reason why even when I ran for U.S. Senate, um, I went into predominantly Black communities knowing that these people were not going to change their registration in all likelihood in large numbers enough to make a difference to vote for me. Um, I went to Black Lives Matter rallies. They would not invite me. I would just show up, walk up on stage and say, what are you going to do? I'm Black. And I start talking. And Black people on the ground, every single time, they would applaud. Because what I'm speaking is real. I'm not hustling nobody. I'm not coming in with cans of beans trying to take a photo op. I'm bringing, I, want, I went to the Black community because I wanted them to know this is what it feels like when someone is taking your vote for real, right? They come in and they and they woo you. This is what it feels like to be wooed, to be respected, to 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 for someone to recognize your vote is valuable. So they're not just coming in with cans of beans for photo ops every two to four years, but they're coming in with ideas and plans and they're all of that. And I did get a number of primarily all men, Black women, you know, it's a whole other animal unto itself. But Black men, um, you know, I think Black men sees it, see it. I think they recognize that they are, that they themselves as a category is generally always at the very bottom, Black women a little bit above that. And so I don't know what it's going to take other than, you know, continuing to hold up the mirror, even in light of being labeled, um, being dragged across the Internet in various articles of me being called all kinds of ugly names, but being called a racist. I think we just need people who are built uh, differently. Kathy, let me say this. Just talking to you now. I mean, I know we were talking about the article, and I think we've covered that, what you did. Again, I'm going to put it up on the podcast. But hearing what you're saying, this is a reason why we needed you there in Congress. As you mentioned, for the past three years, two years, there has been a door opened up for our fellow conservatives to walk through and grab the Black vote. They're sitting there looking at themselves, not saying anything, afraid to say something, or they're going to be called a racist. They're going to be called that anyway. So if that is the case, if they're afraid, why aren't they investing in candidates like yourself who will walk the walk and do the talk? It's not as if though they're like, well, she's a diversity. No, you know, you have the conservative values. You know what it takes to bring in people. Like you said, you're going to the block, the uh, BLM, uh, marches or whatever they call them, and you're talking to them, you're engaging them. And as you said, the men, black men, are open. They are listening. Black women are different. They're open. They're yeah. open. So why won't why won't these black these uh, conservatives, white conservatives walk through that door and bring them across? 
They're so busy focusing on these old white men. We have got to diversify the party. We have got to go out and get candidates like yourself to stand up and say, hey, I can talk the talk. I can do the battle. Why won't they do it? Why aren't they supporting candidates like yourself? It makes me mad what happened previously. And now they have Fetterman, a complete imbecile. Mm-hmm. What is going on with the <laughs> Republican Party? We, they have qualified candidates like you that they can push out there who can go head to head with some of these black females like uh, what is her name? The one was on the heel the other day, young uh, woman from Texas spewing all kinds of misinformation. Republicans are afraid to say anything to her unless they be called racist. But just imagine had you been there, you could have very easily taken her down. We need candidates like you. What is going on, Kathy? You know, here's the reality. And I saw it as I was running for Senate. Um, I, you know, um, but now I know it to be true. <laughs> and this is not the complete answer, but this is part of the issue. Is that everyone's priority in the Republican Party is not the same, right? My priority is to win, to get in and to win. Um, the sad reality is, is that that's not everyone's priority. Every Republican, that's not, that's not their number one priority is to win. And that is a very sad trick and it's very hard for people to recognize. But there is an element, um, a very powerful element within the Republican Party. Their number one priority is control. Even if it's control of a sinking ship they are still in control. And that's exactly what the what the Republican Party as a whole has become, a party of losers, perpetual losers. And the vote on our side is sinking, but they don't care. They will fight to the tooth because they want to be in control of it, right? And so they will come out and they will call us the populist movement. We can't have that. They will call us radicals within their party, the conservatives. Um, and so when I was running, I saw that and I saw that our party is kind of split up into thirds, right? A third, a third, a third. And you have that third who many, many people will call, label them rhinos. They are, you know, like there's a lot of power in that structure. And then you had that bottom third that was voting for me. And these are conservatives. And so they're, um, you know, just to get perspective, Dr. Oz and Dave McCormick, they spent $60 million in that race uh, just in, in that primary, just the two of them, not including the other seven people who are running. I spent $1.6 million. I certainly did not have the money to go buy eyeballs or to buy for or pay for endorsements. I just went with my message to the people 1,500 miles every single week for 15 months. And I almost got a third of the vote. I was about to win. And that scared the bejesus out of the Republican class of people who pick candidates based on two primary qualities. High they might be, and are they personally rich? Because if they have a high name ID, then they can fundraise off of that. Or if they're personally very wealthy, then they can see their own campaign with money initially. And when those two things become your number one priority or criteria when picking candidates, there's no wonder why we have become a party of losers. So there is that political class, what you just saw on the Hill with with McCarthy being ousted, that is a strike from the conservative trying to do their part. 
now we will see at the rest of the Republican Party and specifically the conservatives. We don't need all of them. We just need the conservative part of our party, which is a pretty good number of people. But they are easily, but they're very skittish. It doesn't take much to scare them. Yeah, Kathy, we're almost out of time. But one more question regarding uh, Pennsylvania. As you said, you were right there. Rob and I were rooting for you. Uh, obviously, uh, Dr. Oz and the establishment's money ended up coming out on top. Uh, were you surprised that Fetterman ended up winning, uh, even though he was going up against Dr. Oz, just with how bad Fetterman has been or has shown to be even before the election took place? Nope, I wasn't surprised. Like I said, the Republican Party has become a party of losers. We don't know how to win. And, you know, and when I saw, you know, what I tried to explain to the party, quote unquote, leaders as they were kneecapping me with lies, telling people she could be a part of Black Lives Matter on Friday. And then two days later, telling the same people she's marching with the, with the Proud Boys. I'm like, I can't possibly be both of these people, but they weren't trying to prove anything. They were just trying to muddy the waters around me. And as I tried to explain to them, you think you're kneecapping me, but who you're really kneecapping is your own people. You're kneecapping because they made me relevant. I was only relevant because the people made me relevant. Again, I didn't have the money to go buy my own relevancy. I didn't have the money to go buy loyalty, buy endorsement, buy slick TV ads and just shove them down people's throats. It was the people. And so when they started kneecapping their own people, who I only had three full-time people on my team, a driver, a scheduler, and one field director, but I had hundreds of volunteers and who would work eight-hour shifts at work and then come pull another eight to ten from me. So when our own party kneecapped their own base, I was not surprised at all that Oz lost because they, quite frankly, just did not show up and vote for him. And that is going to happen more and more and more. But when you want control and control is your number one priority and not winning, Fetterman's will be what we will continue to get in this country. Yeah, it's a real shame. Hopefully in uh, 2024, Republicans have a much better message to the people of Pennsylvania. We badly need to take that state back. Thank you so much, Kathy, for joining us tonight, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to discuss that article with us. We really appreciate it. You guys are tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Hester. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The Miracle Enzyme Natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. 
America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. So we're back here on After Dark with Robin Andrew after having our guest, Kathy Barnett, to come on to talk about her article that she recently wrote for Newsweek. And I would encourage all of you to go and read that piece. As you know, we've been talking about this whole race deal for quite some time. And Andrew, it's really unfortunate that here in this society, it has everything is being defined by racism. And as one of our guests said, and I mentioned at the top of the hour, we need to go take that race card and counsel it and don't ever market it again because it is destroying the fabric of our country. When you walk around and you go to playgrounds, you'll hear little kids saying, oh, that's racist. That's racism. If someone doesn't want to play the game that they want to play, usually the kid will say, well, I'm not going to play at all. They walk away. But now they'll say, oh, it's racist. You don't want to play this game. It's racist. And I experienced this when I had my uh, son and his cousin, they were at the playground and they were playing. And I just heard that within the group. Someone is saying, oh, this is racist. I'm like, what? Well, this person doesn't want to play this game, so it's racist. I'm like, no, it isn't. Don't say it again. I mean, it's crazy, Andrew, that it has gone to this, whereas, as Kathy said, racism does exist. And she said right. she's been impacted by it. I, I look at over my history, maybe I have, maybe it was subtle racism, but I wasn't going to allow that to define me. I wasn't going to allow that to stop me. I wasn't going out looking for it. Nowadays, you have kids on college campuses. They're looking for racism. They want to call it out. They want to, oh, I need a safe space, and I don't need the white people here. We're going back to segregation. But the past 50 years, we've been trying to get out of that. Now we're going back to it. Yes. If you don't want illegals here, oh, that's racism. I mean, Andrew, it's nuts. Yeah, something that stuck out to me that Kathy said that's so true is when she was running for Senate, I remember those attacks, people trying to point fingers at her saying, oh, she's been associated with uh, Black Lives Matter and all these kind of rumors they're making up about her. And like she said, she, if she was spotted with Black Lives Matter, it's because she was trying to uh, get them to vote Republican. But nonetheless, all these things people were making up about her. Uh, we see the Democrats with their black candidates, they just go ahead and give them positions like what happened uh, in California with the Senate position or Kamala Harris as vice president. That's not what we're saying we want. We don't want someone given a position based on their race. But it's almost like we do the opposite in the Republican Party where we find these attacks against our black candidates to hold them down. It just makes really no sense why instead of uplifting someone like Kathy Barnett, uh, someone that's came from the background that she has, uh, we're focused on attacking her, trying to nitpick 
any little thing that she's had in her past. I, I just don't get it. It's completely different with the Republicans and the Democrats and how the black candidates are treated. Well, she said they they don't look they don't know how to win. Republicans don't know how to win because if they knew how to win, they would put forth candidates that they know, hey, we could we can get a lot out of this candidate. This candidate is going to take us a long way. But Republicans, they don't think that way. They think in these linear terms, it's always these old white men. And it's time to wake up and bring in more people to the party. If they're going to be afraid to go after their opponents with the truth, they're always going to stand in the court and say absolutely nothing. I mean, then you're not going to win. I mean, by Beck, an Indian American, and he's calling this out and they want to say that he's a racist. I was watching fake news CNN. Oh, he's a racist. How dare he say this? I was looking at uh, PMS NBC. P- PMS N- MSNBC and Joy Reid, you know, sh- who's a chief race baiter there, who herself is just as nasty as the day is long. She's calling him out and saying that, oh, he's a racist. Now, just imagine if we had someone like Kathy Barnett in the Senate, in the House, on the Hill, going against a Jasmine Crockett when they had the impeachment hearings, how she could have just TK'd her. I mean, just completely obliterated her complete line discussion because Jasmine apparently doesn't know anything about the Constitution. But see, Republicans were afraid to take her on because they're thinking, oh, if we say something, they're going to call us a racist. Look at Kamala Harris and the person who's now going to fill Dianne Feinstein's seat. Yeah. No one's going to say anything about it because if we say something, we push back, we're going to be called a racist. I still don't even remember this person's name. I'd never heard of her before. Well, I can't remember her name either. It's a very difficult name. What is she's over Emily's list, I think. I'm going to Google it right now. Uh, she's completely insignificant as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> so, Where did she come from? <laughs> it's like... well, well, here's the thing. She lives in Maryland. Okay. And she lives in Maryland. And she had lived in San Francisco or California. But Gavin Newsom, being the diversity hire that he is, or, or employer that he is, he decided to reach back and to bring her forth. And I'm going to hire her. Now, just imagine had we had someone of significance that could have called this out and said, wait a minute. What has she done? Who is she? Republicans just sitting there looking. Well, we can't say anything. We're afraid to say something because if we do, they're going to say that we're a racist. And then when you do this, black people, knowing that this woman has no background. I mean, there's another black woman in California who's in the in the house right now who's running for that seat. He could have picked her. Not that she would have made a difference. But he went out. He wanted to he wanted to check all the boxes. She's black and she's a lesbian. Go figure. Someone like Kathy's the type of candidate that really stood for her values and she was steadfast and sticking by them. Uh, you look at Vivek Ramswamy, someone that she's advising right now. He got a lot of heat that first Republican presidential debate because he came out and said that he would cut off the spigot. He would stop funding Ukraine and the media and even the Republicans on stage were like, oh, my gosh, this is so radical that he would say this. But he said it. And now that it's festered for a few weeks, now we've got Jim Jordan, who's running for Speaker of the House, saying it. Uh, We've got several other Republicans in Congress saying it. It's really not that radical. It's just someone needed to have the guts to come out and say it and see who else uh, agrees. And uh, most of the constituents certainly agree. The American people are sick of funding this war in Ukraine. So, uh, yeah, it's just got to have the guts to go out on the line and say some of these things like Vivek did with the funding with Ukraine. And uh, this is where Republicans are so weak. They're so scared of getting canceled or the media will talk bad about them. 
uh, they ignore their own constituents in a lot of cases. Well, that's the reason why Vivek is catching on. That's the reason why he's ahead of people like Chris Christie. That's the reason why Ron DeSantis is trying to attack him. That's the reason why Nikki Haley is trying to attack him, because he's saying things that make sense. America first. Now, Nikki Haley said that every time you open your mouth, I, I, I feel like I get dumber. Well, okay, that's your problem. <laughs> you're not a smart woman. But this guy, Vivek, He's tapping into something. He's tapping into that American sentiment that people want to hear. We're tired of Ukraine. Why are we funding Ukraine when we can't even control our own borders? Why are we giving them billions and billions of dollars? And if you say something against it, oh, you're not American. No, we are American. That money should be kept here stateside to build up our infrastructure, to provide homes for our homeless people. Why are we going there? And then to boot, we're letting in all these people from the border. And, and, and did you hear the latest? Now Biden wants to build a border wall. Vivek is onto something. Kathy's article spelled it out. And it's time for people to wake up and smell the political coffee. This is a new day. And we can't keep seeing our money, taxpayer dollars, they increase our taxes, and we don't get the services we need because we're busy going to Ukraine. So when he said that, people, oh, no, why is he said so controversial? And he's not for America. No, he is for America, and he's calling it out. That yeah. is the reason why he showed them, put the mirror on the problems in the black community, because he sees it. And as Kathy said, people are coming here from other countries, and they're hopscotching ahead of blacks, because we're too busy giving all of our loyalty to the Democrat Party, Andrew. And for what? We're getting nothing in return. Yeah, and things are really getting ugly out there. You look at what's going on with Israel. Uh, Joe Biden just cut Iran a $6 billion check. Here you've got a couple weeks later, um, Israel getting attacked. We know what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, Americans don't have an appetite for war right now, in particular when you look at the status of our economy, the wide open borders, these illegals coming in. Uh, basically invading these black communities, taking away all the benefits, the resources that these cities have. Uh, America's a mess right now under Joe Biden, and things aren't trending in the upward direction. It's only going to get worse if we do not vote him out of office in 2024. And personally, I think the Republicans don't even need to wait that long. They need to look at impeaching and removing and then uh, go after Kamala Harris because Democrats have proven they'll do whatever it takes to win. Uh, Republicans need to start putting forth their best effort and prove the same thing. Well, that's what Kathy said. Democrats know how to win. They stick together no matter what. And we see this time after time after time. It does not matter what the person does. They will stick together. Yeah, and a big part of that to me is that Democrats uh, aren't really free thinkers, at least the ones in Congress. I mean, they seem to pretty much just go along with each other. Uh, Republicans, they're more uh, boisterous and opinionated and have dissent amongst each other. Uh, Democrats, they're just all about teaming up and doing whatever it takes to get things passed, which to me is not really how democracy works when you've got 100% of your... Um, constituents in the Democrat Party that always seem to vote for the same thing. That's not bipartisan politics, but that's where we are with the Democrat Party. And quite frankly, the Republicans need to catch up or they're going to be left in the dust. But I don't know what it's going to take, Andrew, to get the Republicans to catch up because we're, we seem to be or they seem to be afraid of their own shadow. Look at Mitch McConnell. I mean, he's an old dinosaur who should be set out to pasture, but yet and still 
his conference will support him as opposed to tapping him on the shoulder and saying, Mitch, it's time to go. We need new blood. We need to start grooming someone else to fill your shoes. I mean, once you win the office, then what do you do? You just can't stay there indefinitely like Diane Feinstein thought she could do to remain there indefinitely. No, it's time to bring someone else in. Yeah, Mitch is going to be just like Diane Feinstein. You get that feeling. He's going to be there until he croaks. The guy just is obsessed with this power and what being senator brings him. And meanwhile, what are Republicans doing to groom new candidates, to bring in fresh blood? Because the folks that they have there now, I'm fearful, especially if they're afraid to fight. Something else that Kathy mentioned when she said she's going out, when she was going out and talking to different people, and she said that the Black men were more susceptible to listen. And we see that daily. We see that in the numbers. What are Republicans doing to attract that vote? What are they saying? What are they doing? What outreach are they doing? What is Rona McDaniels doing besides sitting there and allowing the party to be ripped apart? Do they have a plan of attack? What are they going to do for the next election? Who are they going to go after? Are they still looking at the soccer moms when you have a huge swath of voters? They're waiting for someone to reach out to them. Black men are getting tired of being identified by racism. We know that it exists. Look at during COVID, how you had black men, entrepreneurs, wanting to get out to keep their barbershops open. And they were Democrats, but they were going on Republican shows saying, no, we're tired of this. We don't want a handout. Meanwhile, you have the black women. Oh, let's give them a handout because they'll vote for us. And that is the reason why you see in the Democrat Party, they keep promoting black women because they know that they can tune into that group and they can convince them to do whatever they want to do. Meanwhile, you have the black man that's just standing out there. You need to get up off your duck Republicans and go reach out to them. Stop being afraid. And if you're afraid to do it, then you need to get someone in the party who will do it. You need someone who will counter this ridiculous conversation of racism. They don't like you because of racism. Bring them into the party. Look at the Brian Donalds. Yeah. Bring them into the party. Yeah, Republicans really need to hit back. You remember a few years ago that Sheldon Whitehouse, uh, when he, we found out that he was part of a whites-only beach club, the Democrat? Uh, these are the kind of things that Republicans need to point out, that these elitist white Democrats, they don't really care about black people. They think they're better than black people. They're just using them for their vote. I mean, it's clear, it's plain and simple uh, we just need to message that to the communities to where they understand it and they can see it. We need to get it to the community, like you said, so they can understand it and see it. Because what's happening right now is like Republicans are working in a, a shell and no one sees what's happening. It is time for us to get up and get after it. And Andrew, I got to say, you and I, we've been at the forefront of this ever since we've been on America Out Loud. And even when we had our own show, MAGA Media. We wrote about it when we were on YouTube and Facebook, and we will be going back there. We spoke about this. Why is it Republicans aren't saying it? Why isn't the right media talking about this? Instead, they sit there and they noodle around in craziness. It's like, we got to wake up. We have got to wake up. We've got to start pushing back, and we've got to push back, and we've got to learn to fight and stop being afraid of fighting. Stop trying to attack other candidates because, as Kathy said, well, this person doesn't have all the money. So we want someone who has money. Remember what they said about McCarthy? Oh, he was good because he could fundraise. That's all he can do is just fundraise? What about pulling together a coalition? He's just looking at fundraising? I, I hate when they say that. Oh, he can fundraise. 
Okay, whoop de doo But what are you going to do for the party itself, Andrew? And that's where we fall short. And that's how Democrats are able to push their crazy agenda of racism and get the attention of Black people, mainly Black women, as opposed to saying, look, the men are standing on the curb. Why don't we go after them? Even Hispanic men. I mean, there's such a huge group of people that the Republican Party can be going after, but they won't. They just want to sit there and fundraise up, up, oh, they say that we're racist. Let's go get more money. Andrew, a change needs to come, and it needs to come fast. Yeah, well said. If you're looking for better sleep, focus, and energy, check out Healthy Cell, the leading innovator of nutritional supplements for cell health. Healthy Cell vitamins work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Absorb a healthier lifestyle with Healthy Cell's pill-free vitamins. You know, like elite doctors, athletes, anybody that's at the top of their game, what's one thing they have in common? They get a great night's sleep. And with Healthy Cell, you can get a great night's sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com, check out the promo code OUTLOUD to save off your order. We'll be back with more After Dark with Rob and Andrew. Changing the world one person at a time. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We're back here on After Dark with Robin Andrew. We're just going to continue our discussion along what we've been talking about, how Republicans need to uh message so much better than what they're currently doing we let the left bully us on a lot of things uh we had on kathy barnett tonight who's working as an advisor for vivek ramaswamy and uh he's had an interesting campaign so far he certainly made a name for himself a lot of people weren't familiar with him before the election now uh, many more are certainly uh he would go out on a limb at this republican debate uh, and say things that others were afraid to say, which I happen to like. I happen to like that he's not a politician. Uh, still a long race to go. Obviously, President Trump has a huge lead. Uh, and even if Vivek does not win this time around, he's making a name for himself. And I think that'll pay dividends uh, if he decides to run again in 2028. And maybe he can even get a, a cabinet position 
uh, in the Trump administration or something like that if things don't work out for him this time around. Rob, what are your thoughts on uh, Vivek's current run and how is he doing uh, so far? You know, I've always liked Vivek and I admired him. I admired him. He's 38 years old and he's willing to jump out front. And the guy has thick skin, Andrew, because he has been attacked on every angle. Before the debates and definitely during the debates, he's out front and center. And you have all of these seasoned politicians attacking him. And one of the things that I admire most about him is that he's able to navigate this entire Vivek-Trump deal. He wants the top spot. Trump wants it. But he's able to stand on his own without attacking Trump. And you notice how the media keeps trying to egg him on and say, oh, you need to go after Trump. If you want this here or, or else, you know, you, you're just a carbon copy of him. How can you not attack him and you want people to vote for you? And he goes right around them, making circles and says, hey, he has his own thing. I have my own thing. I support a lot of his policies. I would do things differently. I admire that. Even when they said he came out and he wrote a piece saying that Trump was wrong for Jan 6. And he said, well, what about you? What did you say? How did you feel about that? He said, I'm entitled to my opinion. He said, but yet still, Trump was a great president. I would have done things differently. He was able to finesse that and move it around. And you have these seasoned politicians like Chris Christie, the bloviator, who's just bent on attacking Trump at every angle. You have, what's the other guy's name, Mike Pence, the exact same thing. He wants to attack Trump, even Ron DeSantis. He's now trying to come out hard and attack Trump. He can forget it. And I've said this before. He can forget it. I respect him. I like Ron DeSantis. But see, Ron messed up when it comes to loyalty. Trump helped him. He would have not been the governor of Florida in 2019 had it not been for Trump because he was sinking in the polls against Andrew Gillum because he was afraid, again, another Republican, afraid to come out and attack the man on the issues because if I do, I might be called a racist. Trump came in and said, I don't know what, what I can do, but I'll do my best. And what happened? The next day he went up in the polls. But what does DeSantis do? I'm going to run for the presidency because I hear the party establishment telling me that I should run. Don't get me wrong. DeSantis is a good governor, and I admire him. But loyalty matters. The same thing with Nikki Haley. She came out and attacked Trump after uh, Jan 6, not without knowing all the facts. And then she flew down to Mar-a-Lago bearing gifts and telling Trump, I am not going to run for the presidency. We have her on tape saying this. Where do we see her now on the stage trying to make an about face, attacking Trump, attacking Vivek? She's a seasoned politician. You would think that she would be able to navigate through this process and say, no, I'm not going to attack Trump because Trump was good to me. We don't right. agree on everything, but she can even do that, Andrew. She just sat there with all these lobbing, all these attacks, whereas Vivek, he knows who he is. He comes out and says, no, no, I'm not going to attack him. I want to focus on what I'm going to do. And I'm going to cut off the funding for Ukraine. We don't need that. I'm yes. going to close the border. Unconventional yes. things that the other candidates would not say. And then I'm going to look at the black community and I'm going to say, wait a minute. We need to stop with these government programs that's keeping women 
on the government dime. And maybe that's the reason why the black women like the Democrat Party, because they keep doling out money to them, as opposed to telling them, you can stand up on your own two feet. You got this. Babek isn't going to do that. He's going to make certain that, hey, if you want to be here, it's time for you to stand up. And all these people that are coming in from the border, we're going to shut that off. See, Republicans are afraid to talk like that. But he's not. And he's only 38. A Harvard graduate, Yale graduate, successful businessman. And he's able, and this is the other thing that I like about him, Andrew. He's able to bankroll his own campaign and then get donations from young people online as opposed to being beholden to these big party elite, elite, elitist individuals. And see, that's the reason why they want to break Trump. That's the reason why they're kind of having him in all these lawsuits. They want to break him down so that he has no money, and then he has to go and grovel at the feet of these big party heads and say, oh, I need for you to give me money, these special interest groups. That's what they want so that they can control him. Right now, they can't control him the same way they can't control Vivek. And that's the reason why they want to attack him. And I was surprised when I found out that Kathy Barnett was one of his advisors because she knows what it is like to run under the Republican banner and have all these people going against you because they don't want you to win because you're not part of the establishment. They don't like that. They want you to be beholden to them. They want you to kneel at their altar so that they could tell you what to do, how to do it, and when to say it. Trump wasn't like that. He's not like that. They don't like him. Vivek isn't like that. He won't be like that. They, didn't, they don't like him. Kathy wasn't like that, and they didn't like her. And see, this is something that the Republican Party has got to wake up and realize, wait a minute, maybe we're onto something here. Maybe we should fund our campaigns that way. Let the people do it. As opposed to us reaching out to these big party heads and these big elitist people, special interest groups. I, I like him. I mean, and he, he's right on it. I mean, maybe Trump is, like you said, he's far ahead. And although the left, they're trying to stop him with all these frivolous lawsuits, no one will call it out, knowing that it's wrong. <laughs> it, it, it just kills me to say, wait a minute, you guys are reporting on this, and you know what he's going through is completely wrong. You know that it's political. You know that the judge in this case is completely off basis. Why don't you guys go after the judge? Because if they did, it would expose all of this, and people would say, no, we're not going to do this anymore. This makes no sense. Our government has become politicized. But they won't. They'll sit there and they'll watch it to see, let's see how Trump is going to get out of this. The same way they're trying to do to Vivek. They're trying to bring up all these hit pieces. He was an unknown uh, individual. And now that his name is out there, they're trying to find, oh, he used to work for China. Oh, he's in bed with China. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden has all these deals with China. Hunter Biden, all these deals with Ukraine. And the media is typically reporting on it. Oh, we don't want to touch it. Why? You're afraid of Joe Biden? You're afraid that Merrick Garland is going to come after you? Well, he probably will. And he's probably trying to look at something that he could come after Vivek with. He and the FBI, I'm sure the FBI, they're going through all of Vivek's background to see what they can do to destroy him. And maybe that's the reason why they won't call out Hunter Biden, because we know that he's done, he's had business dealings or probably still does business dealings with China, as well as uh, Joe's brother. But see, they won't call that out. As Bybeck said, when he went there, he saw what they were doing. And see, that's the key. When he went, 
to do business, to set up a shop there. And he realized, wait a minute, there's a bit of propaganda here. No, they want me to do more than what I want to do. They want to be more involved. I don't want this. He turned away. He said, I'm not going to do this. But yet still the media will portray it as if, the, oh, no, he was in bed with them. No, that was Hunter Biden. And for all we know, it could have been literally with Hunter Biden because we know he has a penchant for the girls and for all these prostitutes. Look at Eric Swalwell. They don't even want to call him out. He was banging Fang Fang. But by Beck, because they know he's young, he's energetic, and he could possibly attract younger voters, oh, we better stop him as soon as we can because we don't want that. We don't want him out front. This is how the apparatus of the swamp works. They see someone who's independent, who's going to do things on their own, and they want to stop them, as opposed to saying, no, we're not going to do this. Let's look at this candidate. No, we got to stop him before he even gets started. But as I mentioned, look at the, uh, the debates that they had and how they were all piling up on this young man. Because they looking, they were saying, wait a minute, he could be onto something. He's jumping ahead of us. But as I said, Ron DeSantis, he doesn't like it. And we know that Nikki doesn't like it. But these are successful career politicians who should be able to navigate the most simple questions when they're trying to get them to attack Trump. They should be able to navigate through that. But they can't. Unless you know that they don't need to be in that spot. They shouldn't be there. Because it would be the same thing. They would allow the media to manipulate them into doing their bidding. Whereas you have someone who's seasoned like them, and you would think that they would know better. As I said, Chris Christie, you can forget about it. This guy, no. He's only there for one purpose. And that purpose is to destroy Trump. So when he came out with that comment the other day when they were on the debate stage, oh, bye back, I'm tired of you raising your hand and you need to stop this. Well, someone should have said, well, we're tired of you sitting down eating all the time. <laughs> like, come on, get with the program. You have a up, young, up-and-coming candidate who's appealing to the young people, and they're afraid of it because they can't do it. They can't do it. They don't want him to do it. So we're going to attack him to drag him down. They're doing the work for the media. And as I said before, Andrew, I don't like all of these debates and how people attack each other. And then once it's all done, then we're supposed to jump on the same uh, party line and say, oh, we're all friends and we're going to help the other person win the election. I don't like it. I think it's superficial. I think it's fake because you have damaged me on the war field and now we're supposed to campaign together. Yeah, I don't like it. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense at all. And I don't know why we do it. And by Beck, like you said, he's, he's managed to stay above the fray and say, I'm not going down that line. I want to focus on what I can do, what I'm going to do for the American people, as opposed to attacking the candidates. And when he said, I think the, the last, the, during the last debate, he said, we're all here. We all would do a better job than Joe Biden. And we're all you know, here trying to help the country. And like clockwork, the media went nuts. Oh, well, the other day you said that they were all bought and sold. And he said, well, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Oh, but they wouldn't get up of him. They would not let it up. Oh, we're going to attack him now because he's flip-flopping. As opposed to the other candidate saying, okay, we appreciate you saying this. And you're right. 
we all have a shared goal, and that is to remove Joe Biden, to remove the Democrat apparatus that has destroyed the country. But they decided to go and fall for the media's attack and say, oh, no, no, but you said this and now you're trying to change. So what? What is the problem? That shows you the sign of a true leader. Think about Trump. Trump did the same thing. And for those who are saying, well, he's taking a page out of Trump's playbook. Well, some of you need to do that. You should take a page from Trump's playbook and learn how to campaign because this man is definitely doing it. He's definitely doing it. Even when they brought up the whole age deal. Well, you're younger than Trump, and do you think that he should step down? He said, well, no, he's appealing to a group. I'm appealing to a group. There's room for all of us. To be so new with this, the newness of it, and yet still he knows how to navigate. You got to take your hat off to him. You know, we should try to get him on the show, Andrew. We should definitely try to get him on the the show to uh, speak to some of our listeners because I think that they would want to hear from him. So we've got to work on that with Kathy to see if we could get him on the same way we brought her on doing her campaign so that she could have a voice that the others weren't willing to give her. We should bring him on because I think that he's onto something. And I think that if listeners were to hear what he has to say, and he's not afraid to go on different shows to have, make his voice known. And that's something else I admire about him. And when he does it, he's in control of it. He does not allow them to drag him and to attack this person and attack that person. I, I admire that in a candidate. I admire in a candidate who's able to stand on his own and navigate through these treacherous waters. We should do it. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I'd definitely like to have him on. And uh, he's one of the few interesting parts about these Republican debates that they keep having without President Trump. Uh, It'd be really cool to have him on and hear what he has to say to our audience. That is for sure. We're all out of time tonight. Thanks again to Kathy Barnett for joining us. Thank you all for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you stream, or you can go to AmericaOutloud.news. We'll see you guys next time, and remember, stand for something or fall for nothing.